This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Heartsong Herbs. Heartsong Herbs is a farm and apothecary based in Athens, Georgia. They are proudly part of a growing movement of regenerative agriculture farming that prioritizes soil health to grow beyond organic. Founder Dana Nevins produces herbal tinctures and beauty care products with the vigor and potency of plants found as they grow in the wild right outside of her door. This high quality herbal medicine is available in two ounce formulas that aid in everything from immune support to anxiety relief. Find Heartsong Herbs at various Athens retailers or online at www.heartsongherbs.com. That is www.heartsongherbs.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Paper Boutique. Being part of someone's special day is getting to be part of making lasting memories. At the Paper Boutique, inspiration and passion comes from the stories and personalities of their clients. Whether it's a business party celebrating a milestone, a baby shower for someone who has waited her whole life to be called mommy, or even high school sweethearts who knew that they would be together forever, the Paper Boutique create custom invitations for any and every type of special event including holiday parties wedding invitations baby announcements and save the dates please visit their online store at gtrbusinesssystems.com slash paper boutique or follow the link in the description below again that is gtrbusinesssystems.com slash the paper boutique or follow the link in the descriptions below. Welcome to the Cozy Bear Farms Podcast. I'm your host, Dejan Yerby. It is a very cold morning, but we're not going to get into that. I'm freezing. My heater broke again. Going to have to get a new one. But it's fine, because I'm just going to talk really fast and loud to heat up in my house. But today, we're going to be talking about farmer's markets. What are my fun things to do and the thing that helped me get myself on the map? Uh, farmer's markets, if you don't really know what a farm market is, a farm market is basically just a place where you can go rent a little space, set up a booth, and sell your products to the community. That's basically what a farmer's market is. It's a great way for a farmer to introduce themselves to the community, especially if they're just starting off. Nowadays, I rarely see a farm who starts off brand new and is selling to restaurants or doing CSAs or anything like that. Nowadays, people need to see that you're validated and see that your stuff is legit. And the best way to do that is to go to a farmer's market where you can have multiple people taste your stuff, come back, tell you, man, your stuff was rocking. I really love that. Go tell their friends. Their friends tell their restaurant friends. Their restaurant friends are like, wait, what? There's another farmer on the block. 
that restaurateur comes to the farmer's market, tastes your stuff, makes you know you're getting an email saying, hey, we really like your stuff. Would you like to sell to this restaurant? You also get really good press. You would not believe how much press I've gotten just from being at a farmer's market. I remember I was at one farmer's market and every single week there was a new newspaper there. There was a journalist there. There was a blogger there. There was some social media influencer there. I mean, sidetrack story time. I was selling my produce and this uh, girl, I believe her name was Claire. I think her name was Claire. Um, I met her before because she was doing something with interning, but turns out she was like a social media influencer. She showed up with her boyfriend who had this camera and it had like a microphone on it and everything. And it was like a legit camera. And she was talking to me, talking about the internship that she did. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm glad it worked out for you. And she's like turning her head back and forth, looking at me, looking at the camera. And I'm looking like, what's going on here? And she's like, oh, we're doing, we're making content from our YouTube channel. And I was like, okay. And her boyfriend was all up in my booth. I mean, he all up in my booth trying to get every single angle, trying to get every single shot. I don't know what this dude was looking at because we were both wearing masks. So it's not like anybody could see our face. The one thing I did get annoyed by was when he came behind my table. That's one thing. That's a big no-no. If you're a customer, you don't go behind a vendor's uh, booth unless the vendor invites you. But I let it go because the little girl was nice. I was like, hey... You know, it's all right, but next time you need to ask first. But when I saw the video, it came out super nice. Again, I talked to many journalists, many of newspapers, many of people who do magazines and stuff, bloggers, uh, people who show up doing their podcasts on the go. So it's great press for you to get your name out there. And then especially if you have a really cool name. If you have a really cool name, it really helps out too. And if you are really good at doing interviews, that's a plus too. So make sure you also read up on your interview skills. And that's why you should order Recipe for Press from Amy Flurry's website at amyflurry.com, where it's a book that helps you be able to express who you are and to pitch yourself to any type of media outlet. Go to her store at amyflurry.com and use the promo code COZY to get 20% off your order today. Quick plug. But let's get really into farmer's markets. So when you want to be successful at a farmer's market, if you're a veteran or even a first-time person coming to the farmer's market, there's five key things that you need to pay attention to when you're at the farmer's market. So one thing is you have to focus on your displays. Displays is the key thing because a display is what is going to get the people to look at your booth and to come back. When you're at a farmer's market, you're going to have people who are going to scout out the farm market themselves. They're going to be having their head on the swivel. They're not going to be like a hammerhead shark that's just going straight on. They're going to be having their head on the swivel trying to see do I like this person's produce or do I like that person's produce? And they're going to walk through the whole entire farmer's market. They're going to see which stand they think is the best. And when they get done perusing and looking, they're going to come back to your booth and say, hey, I really like your display. I want to buy from you. And usually when you have a really good display, you have really good vegetables because you're really attentive. And so when they come back the next week and they're like, boy, your vegetables were banging. That's what you want to hear. And it all came from your display. So with your display, 
You don't want to have it clustered all over your table. The days of, if I just show it to the farmer's market and just put it on the table, people will buy it. Those days are over. You have to put effort into your um, farmer's market table. If you want to see how mines look like, you can go on my Instagram and see them. Uh, but there's all different examples of good uh, farmer's market tables. Most times, the best ones, shout out to these people, are the people up north, up in, near the New York area. They have the most impressive looking farmer's market tables I've ever seen. And sometimes all the way up, up north, up in that um, brotherhood up there, Canada, with uh, John Martin. You look at his farmer's market table, best display that I've ever seen. I took inspiration from that and just applied it to what type of crops that I have down here. So I made sure to make my crops have full. You can see all of my crops in a full display. I brought my table back in so that people can actually walk under my tent. So it's like they're walking into a store and I made a U so that they, if they did a little spin, they could see a whole, what is that? 180, 180 of everything that I have. I also had little chalkboards near the produce so that people can see the prices right out the bat. I do not suggest doing that big giant chalkboard where people have to walk up, look at the produce, then do that little lean, do that little shoulder lean back saying, hey, what, 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 how much was this again? And then they're kind of like, well, I'm, I'm leaning back too much. I don't know if I really want to get this now. If you have the prices right there near the produce, the people can make a split decision right there, grab their stuff and go. So you do need to look at your displays, make sure that everything is visible, put your produce in a way that just makes it even look appealing to where they will want the stuff. And make sure you have them prices right by your produce so that they will know the price right then and there. Now, one mistake you do not want to do, and I've seen this with some vegetable farmers. I have especially seen this with flower farmers, even though this is for vegetable people. But when you make your display too pretty, I know that sounds ridiculous. It, it sounds ridiculous when I'm saying it, but when you make your display too pretty, and I mean too, too, too pretty, where it's like, oh, that's so pretty, I don't even want to touch that. Or you make it so pretty where people's all like, ooh, dang, they do the whole little hand on their chest and they're like, ooh, dang, that's going to be expensive. You do not want to make your table look like it's going to be a million dollars just to buy a single tomato. You can go online and you can flat out see who has displays that are so pretty where it's like, dang, I don't know if I want to buy that because I know it's going to be expensive. You kind of want to bring it down. If you're looking at a hotness scale, you don't want to be a 10. This, these are the times where you want to be a hot six or a hot seven. You don't want to be a 10. Be a hot six, hot seven, nice personality, come with it with the jokes. That's where you kind of want to be at. Don't go too far. I've seen it more with flower farmers where I've seen people do a whole arch thing on their booth and it just looks like, well, I'm not buying flowers from you because I'm not finna drop a, uh, an engagement ring uh, payment just to buy some flowers for my girl. So I'll just keep going. So do not make your stuff so pretty where people are like, hey, that might be too expensive because then you're going to ward off customers. But that's for the display. The next thing is we kind of hit on it, the product. When you're bringing your product to a farmer's market, you want to bring the best of the best that you have to offer on your farm. If you bring kale, 
all if you have any holes in your kale, you leave that junk back at home. You don't bring that up there to the farmer's market. We don't bring holes to the um, farmer's market. You bring your best looking kale because the best looking stuff is what's going to sell the most. If you have anything that is not like quality goods, do not bring it to that farmer's market. If people come to your booth and they see a bunch of holes in it, especially in squash, or they see like dried out leaves, and if it look like you didn't even wash your stuff, nobody's gonna buy from you. We're we're in 2021. Is well no, it's 2022. Sorry. You know what? Everybody's gonna be doing this for the next couple of weeks. Everybody's gonna be saying 2021. It's 2022. 2022. But we're in 2022. You gotta have a good display looking booth with good products because people are savvy now they're straight up going to be asking you questions one week at a farmer's market i had a lady straight up ask me when was this harvested when did you wash it when did you process the whole entire thing and how far away is your farm and i was just looking at the lady like well here's the answers to all of that because i'm a pro and i'm ready with it but i was a little bit step back like oh snap people really asking these type of questions now you'll even get questions now saying is your stuff organic gotta answer it people are more savvy people are more particular about what they want to get they have seen all these documentaries they think they know everything most of them kind of do so you want to be ready when people have these type of questions and you don't want to have produce that looks so bad that people are all like well i know you did not take care of your stuff i've met farmers before who flat out came to a farmer's market and they didn't wash a single thing they were like, ah, my customers can wash it. And guess what? They didn't make any money. And it was like, you know why? Because nobody wants to buy carrots that still has dirt on it. Like, take some pride, man. Wash your stuff. But you need to make sure that you have really good products and have them displayed again, like in display, where people will want to buy them. Now, washing that's just in general please wash your stuff don't just bring mother to the farm market and think that it's right there also do not come to the farm market and pack your stuff right there on the spot i've seen a lot of people where they show up and they're wrapping carrots right there on the spot like you you need to do that the day before so that everything is prepped so that you can efficiently get everything out on your table next thing to be successful at a farmer's market is customer service I know a lot of us struggle with that. There's a lot of times when you get a customer and they ask you every single question out the wazoo and then they still walk away. And it's like, hey dude, why are you even at my booth? But you gotta deal with it, it's customer service. Look at Walmart employees, they deal with it every single day. You gotta build up a tolerance for it and you gotta you gotta have a smile on your face. So one thing is that a few things you can do to have really good customer services, never sit down at a farmer's market. If it's you by yourself, you're standing the whole entire time. Unless the market slows down so much where there's not really anybody there or you sold all of your stuff, you're standing the whole entire time. If it's a two person, if it's two people at the booth, you guys take turn. But it's always one person standing. The reason for that is if people are walking through and they see you stand up just because they walk past your booth, they're going to think, well, you really don't value me. You just value my money. So I'm going to go somewhere else because people think that way. And that's true. You only value their money. You don't value them. And you don't want to portray that right off the bat. But 
you need to stand up the whole entire time. Second thing, have a nice smile. Even if you got crooked teeth like me, just just smile. Just smile. Do the closed mouth smile. Do whatever kind of smile you need to do. Need to smile. Need to need to show these people, hey, you're happy. Even if you're grumpy on the inside, need to show these people that you're happy, that you want to talk to them, and just are generally intrigued in who they are. Second thing is make sure that you're good at having conversations. If you're not a really good conversationalist, I suggest uh, reading books on how to uh, talk to people of many different things or something. Just if you're not really good at starting conversations or holding conversations, I suggest researching on how to do that because that is going to carry um, weight when you're trying to sell your stuff. So for me, for example, when I'm talking to somebody, I usually ask them, what are they going to cook with their stuff? And most times they don't know. And then I'll throw a couple of recipes at them. And then next, next thing you know, we're talking about recipes and we're talking about all different types of stuff. And people are all like, well, I just built a friendship here today. And then they walk off. One example, I saw um, this one lady, she was walking down the sidewalk past my booth and she had these incredible tattoos and I just yelled out, Hey, where you get them tattoos from? And she stopped and she, and she walked up to my booth and she was all like, Oh, I got these tattoos from here, but I'm also a tattoo artist. And I was all like, dang, you a tattoo artist. And we had a 20 minute conversation about tattoos and the show ink master and all this other stuff. And she was like, it was great talking to you. Now, I had a second person at my booth who was also handling customers that who already know what they want because they ordered from me. But this was like a conversation starter thing. Probably wasn't 20 minutes, but I have a bad concept of time. It doesn't exist. But um, we were talking for a while. She left, came back, bought a bunch of produce. And every week she kept coming back, buying produce. And we just built a friendship. And I did that with 50 other people. And I know their names. Because you want to know what the best sounding thing is to a customer? It's their name. So make sure you learn these people's name. Especially they're coming back. The first time they come back, ask for their name one more time. Second time they come back, ask for it one more time. Just so you can get it in your head. Then that third time they come back, if you say the name wrong, at least you try to say their name. And they're going to say, hey, at least you're trying Four times they come back, you got a down pat, and you're like, hey, Miss Jackson, here's your stuff. So making sure that you have really good customer service is important at a farmer's market. You do not want to be that person that gets angry at every single body because they're doing something kind of weird. I, I remember I almost got I almost lost it when I had a there was somebody who came to the farmer's market and they were talking about how pretty my tomatoes looked. And I was like, oh, thank you. And they were just sitting there just like marveling over my tomatoes. And I was, and I just kept saying, thank you, thank you. We put in a lot of hard work to get our tomatoes and everything. And then out the blue, the person said, yeah, I grew tomatoes in my house too. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. And he legit took out his phone, walked behind my booth, and tried to flex on me with his little dining room table full of tomatoes. And I told him, hey, man, that's a really good yield. I bet you're going to make a lot of pasta. And he's all like, thanks, man. And he just walked away. He just walked away. And I was like, the, the, the heck you could do? You really trying to flex to a farmer how great you can grow tomatoes at a farmer's market? What? But I didn't say that out loud. I said it to my friends when he left. But 
you don't say that to a customer to their face, but you're going to have customers like that. You're also going to have the customers that's going to touch everything and then they're still not going to buy anything. And that's when you, that is when you do speak up and say, Hey, you can't be touching everything. Cause that's just nasty. You do. You went through all this process to harvest all this stuff and clean it. And now this person is just wiping their little hands over everything. You do not want to deal with those type of people. Trust me. Next thing that you need to have to be successful at a farmer's market and it's pretty, it's not that important, but it's something that you can do to put in a little bit of extra effort into your uh, farmer's market booth. And that's kind of like a uniform. So it could be your logo of your farm on a t-shirt. It could be everybody that's behind your booth wears a black apron so that everybody looks more uniformed and it just makes it look like a serious company. You don't have to do that, but... You can if you want to look even more presentable at a farmer's market and look more organized. Now, when you do come dressed to a farmer's market, you can pretty much wear whatever you want, but you still got to think about what am I going to wear. So for me, I found one basic thing that I want to wear every Saturday. It's my um, powerlifting um, jersey. I bought it from uh, Gap's. It's just a is a bodybuilder powerlifting jersey. It's black. It got 89 on it. I can put a hoodie under it. I can put a uh, long sleeve under it. Just put a basic t-shirt. Or I could just wear the jersey and just wear the jersey. Can do whatever. And I will legit just wear that for the whole entire market season. And just have one simple style. And that's it. People, when they walk by, they're like, oh, that's the boy with the jersey. And that's it. Um, during the summer months when it gets hot, I'll wear a baseball jersey. I'll have the front is unbuttoned, have a tank top under it, and I'll have a base, just have a simple baseball jersey. Most times I will tell everybody just wear a t-shirt and some jeans, t-shirts and some shorts. But if you want to have a little bit of individuality, wear, um, you know, wear some um, um, logos on your stuff. One thing I don't suggest to wear at a farmer's market is a tank top, even when it's hot outside. Most times when people wear tank tops, get related as a dude bro, and you don't want to be related as the dude bro at a farmer's market. So I would say, hey, even if you have massive giant guns, put them in a t-shirt. But that's just it for uniforms. The last and most important thing, this is really important, is that you do need to have this at your farmer's market booth if you want to be considered a professional, in my opinion. You need to have some type of POS system. POS system is basically something where you can take credit cards. Most people do not carry cash anymore. A lot of people are now doing credit cards or they're doing this Venmo, PayPal, cash app stuff. So I will say you need to have some type of POS system at your booth. It could be Square. It could be Square. It could be PayPal. It could be Venmo. It could be anything. Just some type of POS system where if somebody doesn't have cash, they can pay through it digitally. And most times you are going to need to have something like PayPal or Venmo or Cash App because now we're getting into the day and age where people don't even carry credit cards anymore. I had a customer who wanted to buy something and she said she didn't have cash. So I told her I can take cars and she was all like, I don't have cars. She was like, you got Venmo? And I was like, Venmo? And she was like, yeah, you got Venmo? And I was like, I got PayPal. And she was like, okay, I can do PayPal. And I was sitting there thinking like, lady, you really don't have a credit card? But we're in a day and age now. People just don't do credit cards anymore. 
or they'll just pay with their phones. They'll do the whole little phone tap thing. I have a square reader that can take phone taps if they want to do the phone tap thing. We're just in a whole new day and age now where uh, crypto might take over and we might be having to switch over to crypto payments. Who knows? But you need to have some type of POS system at your farmer's market table. That's just a must. You got to have that. But the last thing that I'm going to talk about when it comes to farmer's markets is the responsibilities of the vendor because you're going to be considered a vendor and the responsibilities of the actual market itself. So for the market itself, a lot of people need to learn this. It is not the market's responsibility for you to make money. The market, their only responsibility is to promote the market and to get people down there and to host live music. If they do events, make sure the events look good. Their whole job is just to promote the event and be able to have people show up to the event. They're basically like fighter promoters. If you look at the UFC, you got Dana White. Dana White has all these fighters who are independent contractors on his little thing, and he promotes the fight. When there's a fight in Texas, he's promoting, we will be at the AT&T or the T-Mobile Center on the 7th, and these people are fighting. He's promoting the event. He's not promoting the individual fighters. Most times he are, but you know what I'm talking about. He's promoting that whole entire event. So the farmer's market or the market, their responsibility is to promote that whole event. They can't sit there and pick out individual vendors and just highlight them all the time. They have to promote the whole entire event so that people in that community will come there. And that's marketing, that's live music, that's having kid activities, that's being able to process food stamps and do the little double dollar thing. There's a lot that goes into the actual promotion of the market. And then their secondary part is just to handle the vendors, make sure that vendors are showing up, make sure that they're getting more vendors, doing all that other stuff. That's their responsibilities. The responsibility of the actual vendor, you, you're responsible for your own promotion. If you show up to the farmer's market and if people don't know who you are, that's on you. You need to promote yourself and you need to promote that you're going to be at the market. The market is going to do their job of getting people to come to the market, but it's going to be your job to make sure that the people actually buy from you. I have been at farmer's markets where the market promoted the whole entire event. They had 400 something people show up and this is during the winter months where a lot of people really don't come outside because it's too cold. This person had 400 people show up consistently every single Saturday and I was making about 500 a weekend just from that amount of people just showing up and it was so busy I had to call up one of my buddies to say hey I need you to come work with me because it's just too much. And they did their part. It was up to me to make sure I had nice looking stuff, make sure my product came up there, make sure I had good customer service and just to promote myself. But then I heard other vendors complaining, saying, well, they don't promote me. They need to promote me more. There's nobody here because nobody's buying my stuff. And it's like, hey, the market, they have a counter. Their counter says 400 people showed up. They did their job because her, when she was doing the market, when the market manager was trying to get people, 
their goal was just to get 200 people every Saturday. They were getting 400 people plus that on some weekends. So the market manager was doing their jobs, but the vendors, like I'm saying, this is your responsibility, your responsibility to show up and to perform. So again, like UFC fighters, Dana White promoted his whole entire event. He made you look like a superstar. He's saying, hey, uh, was a recent fight. Conor McGregor is fighting Dustin Poirier. Woohoo! Everybody's excited. Conor McGregor shows up. His leg falls off. That's on him. He didn't show up and perform. He didn't deliver. And that was on him. Then he got knocked out. But it's fine. When you're at a farmer's market, it's your job to show up and to deliver. It's your time to be a showstopper. It's your time to be the big star at this event. And you're just trying to promote yourself to everybody there. So that everybody can come to your booth. There's a big problem where a lot of vendors think it's the responsibility of the farmer's market itself to promote you, to make sure that you make money, to make sure that you have everything that you need. No, you're an independent contractor. You are somebody that's going to promote themselves and you're responsible for your own income. So you got to make sure that you keep that in mind that even if the market does do like a little highlight thing of you, you are still responsible for your own promotion and making sure that you have your own customers. It's not the market's responsibility to do that. That's a big misconception that a lot of vendors have. And I've been seeing it a lot recently now that I'm on the board of a farmer's market. But those are the things that people need to think about. Hopefully that all helped you guys. We've been talking for an hour. I know you're getting tired of me. And I'm getting tired too because I need to go outside and fix my heater again. I get to weld in the cold. That's cool. But thank you guys for listening. Hit that like and subscribe button. If you want to donate to the show, hit that donate button or hit that donate link, whatever it is. Thank you guys for listening. Cozy's out.